coming up on Unpolished MBA. You are a representation of what we all wish for, you know, as Black women and as those of us uh, like myself who, who has a daughter. And I am like just so proud of you. I know Erica is. She talks about you all the time. <laughs> and I think it's so important, even though you've already been in a Coca-Cola commercial. I mean, this is nothing. But <laughs> I think it's so important for people to hear your story, know what you've accomplished and continue to accomplish and what's next for you. This show is sponsored by TPM Focus, the strategy and execution consulting firm focused on generating revenue and finding product market fit for new innovations. Head over to tpmfocus.com to learn more. Everyone, I want to introduce you to our guest today on the Unpolished MBA, Augusta Awamazuna, and she's simply incredible. So Augusta, welcome to the Unpolished MBA. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much, Monique, for having me on your podcast. It's a pleasure to have you. Today, we're going to dig into a few things, but I'm going to ask you the same questions that I ask everyone else that comes on a podcast. There's only two. And the first one is, are you an entrepreneur or a corporate employee? I am, let's say, an entrepreneur. Yes. Okay. And that, that comes that and goes, right? Throughout your career, it comes and goes. So the next thing is MBA or no MBA? No MBA. Well, from the sounds of things, I don't think you need it. And I'm, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm one who does not believe people need it to be successful in business. That's the, uh, the whole point of this podcast, uh, honestly. Mm-hmm. And so let's dig in. Let's talk a little bit more. So I can't hold it back anymore. I just got to tell the audience that you are a bioengineering and biomedical engineering major from Harvard University. Yes. You graduated in 2020. And I first want you to even describe to us how you even decided on that major. And then also, how did you embark upon the journey to even be accepted into Harvard University. You want to start there? Sure, sure. I love telling this story because it is one that I could have never predicted myself. I am 23 years old right now. And 10 years ago, I started doing science research in my high school. I'm from Elmont, New York, and attended Elmont High School, which is right outside of Queens. And I started working on projects with flatworms and yeast until I got introduced to cement and concrete research when I was 15 years old and started working on cement and building slabs and adding recycled glass and recycled clay into these cement slabs in my family basement. And my parents will never, ever forget the time where I ruined, well, temporarily ruined their basement (laughs) with cement. The basement was recently renovated, but this just captures the ingenuity and the excitement I felt working on my first engineering project as a teenager. And that kind of introduced me to engineering as my school, my high school didn't have um, courses in this area. And I was able to work at Columbia University 
and worked on an oil well cementing project. And that's how I was connected to some wonderful mentors like Erica Jefferson. So I started college and I'll kind of, I guess, take you back to how I got to Harvard, but I started college with this budding interest in engineering, but also this interest in medicine and, and you know biomedical sciences that I had cultivated during elementary, middle, and high school. So when I found out that I could combine both of them, I did exactly that by just studying bioengineering and then later got into some research with diagnostics and wearable technology. And yeah, now I want to pursue a PhD in bioengineering and ultimately want to develop diagnostics that help meet the needs of underserved patient populations. Now, when it comes to going to school like Harvard, it's nothing that I could have ever planned for or imagined. I have like a, one of my best friends who is a year older than me named Harold Ecke. He also attended Elmont High School and he was like one of my first peer mentors. And he himself was able to apply to so many great schools like Harvard, Yale, and Ivy League schools that quite frankly, many students from Elmont were not even applying to or even attending. And he was successful in getting into all of those Ivy League schools. He ultimately chose to go to Yale and just seeing his example and his success propelled me to apply to Harvard, to apply to Yale and to apply to many top universities because I knew that I wanted to position myself in a place where I would have access to rigorous research opportunities, as well as access to academic and intellectual knowledge that I, you know, was not always so privy to in my like local Elmont community. So that encouraged me to just, I guess, shoot my shot as, you know, people in my generation <laughs> would say and apply to college. And I just so happened to get into Harvard as well as all the colleges I applied to. And then when I visited Harvard and saw the vibrant and diverse community, I decided to go there. And that's kind of how I ended up at Harvard. Girl, <laughs> you make it sound so like, yeah, so this is kind of what happened. And it, it's actually amazing. And as, as someone who has a, a teenage daughter, I am going to have her watch this. And I say watch this because this is just audio, but you and I are on camera. So I actually get a chance to see you and record this. And I am going to share this with every woman that I know, especially women of color. When you said shoot your shot, you know, that actually took courage because when you put yourself out there like that, you risk rejection and you were okay exactly. with that. You knew you were going to get through somewhere. I want to rewind back when you said, okay, about 10 years ago, I'm like, wait a minute, doing the math, you're 23. <laughs> so that means you started on this journey at like 13. Yeah, I did. I did. Do they consider you some type of child prodigy? Yes, they, they definitely do. I mean, I don't necessarily consider myself that. I just consider myself as Augusta Wamanzuna, you know, Black dynamic woman who has been in science, has been in research, and is exploring interests, I guess, like more relevant to this podcast in entrepreneurship and business in my current role. But yeah, I, I, this is something that I started 10 years ago at the age of 13. And what's been so critical to, I guess, this constant practice of shooting my shot and having courage is the mentorship that I've been able to receive. So I mentioned this peer mentor, Harold Eke, who I had, but I also had more formal mentors through my teachers who so bravely just ran this science research program 
and kind of brought together the limited resources we had at our high school to provide such an opportunity to someone like me who's 13 years old. Like there's so many students who don't have this opportunity, especially Black women students. So I recognize the privilege I had to be exposed to like yeast and pipetting and flatworms and all these really cool things at a young age. And that mentorship and that genuine belief in my success is really what guided me throughout high school and cemented, I guess, quite like <laughs> figuratively and literally mm-hmm. this desire to pursue science and desire to pursue engineering. So a really big part of this is mentors and people who, you know, I think past mentorship sponsors and individuals who may look like you or may resonate with your experience that you can look up to. So yeah. I was able to find that in both teachers and also in peers. And yeah, that's that's how I, I guess, have become this child prodigy. Yes. <laughs> that, um, some folks might, might, like, might classify me as. Yeah. You know, as you speak so much about mentors, I just want to say that the humbleness and everything that you've said is just so evident. And you you pretty much give credit to everyone else. You know, certain things I say we're born with, I don't get the chance to take the credit for my intelligence or this and that is genetic, right? Mm-hmm. But I love the way that you recognize the circle of support that helps you get to certain places. And now you're in a position with being chief of staff now of BeWise to continue that support for those that are even further beyond in their career than you are, right? Yes, yes. So tell me a little bit about how you became involved in BeWise. Well, explain to the audience what BeWise is. I have had Erica on the podcast before, so I will link the episode with her, you all, so you can listen to that. But tell everyone what BeWise is and how you became involved. So BeWise, or Black Women in Science and Engineering, is a nonprofit that was started by Erica Jefferson. And the goal of this organization, primarily right now, is to connect Black women in STEM who are in the middle to, you know, senior levels of their career with more leadership opportunities and continued economic empowerment. I met Erica Jefferson, actually, when I was presenting my research on cement and concrete at Michelle Obama's United States of Women in 2016. And I was just there present talking about oil well cementing. And Erica came up to me and we just immediately hit it off. And Erica became my first actually Black woman mentor and is someone who I could fall back on and ask for guidance at Harvard because Harvard was, it was cool, but it was hard. Yeah. Engineering is hard. I'm a member of BYs too. So. Oh, Beautiful, beautiful. So Erica became my mentor and we, you know, had the shared passion, of course, for Black women in STEM. And in collaboration with her during my time at Harvard, we hosted a few Black women in STEM brunches and networking events. And I began to informally work with her to expand this BeWise mission to more than just women in the middle and, you know, who are at later stages of their career. So I had the wonderful opportunity just about three weeks ago to come on as BeWise's first employee, BeWise's inaugural fellow and BeWise's chief of staff to work more formally with Erica to expand our mission and expand our impact. So BeWise is continuing to empower Black women in STEM, but we now want to expand our focus to individuals like myself 
who have completed bachelor's degrees and are getting ready for the next step in their career. Oftentimes, a lot of the preparation and a lot of the programs that like myself participates in give us the technical knowledge on how to, let's say, conduct an experiment, how to pipette, how to code. But oftentimes, the intangible skills and the behavior shaping mentorship is missing. And we find that this type of information and guidance is super, super critical for the success of Black women in STEM, but also in many fields. So it's been so great for the past, like less than a month, Mm -hmm. working with Erica to think about how we can create more outlets for this for myself as I am prepared to go to medical school next year, but also for more Black women who quite simply want to know what's out there. I've learned so much about entrepreneurship so far. And like, you know, from this discussion, you all can probably tell like my background is mostly in engineering and research and medicine, but this entrepreneurship side of things is super, super important and speaks to the multidimensionality that I'd like to bring to my career as a physician scientist, as someone who's developing technology, as someone who's ultimately helping to uplift Black women in this space. So yeah, that's kind of how I got into Be Wise, kind of what I'm doing right now. And yeah, it's been so, so wonderful and exciting to be working with Erica for this greater mission. You know, I've talked to Erica, of course, I've known her for several years now, and our hope is that we have more Augustus. That's our hope. And so the thing is, is, is what you're saying, there isn't much like real life mentorship once you're like out of college, like you, you would literally learn all these hard lessons that we've already learned and been through mm-hmm. by learning the hard way. And we don't want that yeah. because when you do that, that's why so many black women leave STEM and we, we, exactly. need, we need you to stay. It's a lot of politics. It's not about being smart or being until you've already proven that. Right. <laughs> it's the politics and, and different things as far as like managing your career that most people don't realize in the industry. And that's any industry, as, as you said, that's any industry. Well, wow. so, yeah, our goal is definitely to have more Augustus. You mentioned you are going to medical school. I am. I am. Wow. So tell me what your plans are, you know, after you complete medical school, what's your purpose in going and what do you hope to do afterward? Sure. So I specifically will be attending an MD PhD program still to be determined. And what this program will afford me is both a PhD in bioengineering and of course a medical degree. And I ultimately hope to radically transform medicine and make it more inclusive, folks who are often overlooked. So namely Black folks, Black women, queer folks, individuals who are immigrants, low income, etc. And I am still figuring out how exactly I want to do this. I can do this by entering academic medicine, having my own lab, developing diagnostic tools to help diagnose things like cervical cancer, tuberculosis, HIV, AIDS. And then also a big part of this lab would be mentoring the next generation of scientists. But over the past few weeks, especially working with BYs, I have been exposed to other ways that I can also have the same impact. 
by, you know, maybe delving into biotechnology and perhaps taking the learnings from my PhD in bioengineering with developing um, diagnostics and seeing how I can be involved in the commercialization of these products mm -hmm. so that they can ultimately reach the hands and reach the communities that I so care about. And it's been so, so great to just have this exposure because when you're studying engineering, when you're preparing to apply to medical school, there are certain things that need to be checked off, right? You need to take your classes, you need to do research. And oftentimes in the midst of this frenzy of like applying to medical school, you might not always have the time to be exposed to all of these other applications that would require the expertise of a doctor, of, a, of an engineer. So this entrepreneurial side of things is also something that I'm looking to potentially do after I complete medical school. But ultimately, I am aiming to go to a program where I am able to get support and mentorship and coaching on all the different avenues I can pursue to ultimately have the biggest impact on the health of Black folks in America, because health disparities and inequities are so deeply woven into healthcare in our country. And I want to bring my engineering expertise, my engineering toolkit to help solve this. So whether that's through academic medicine, having my own lab, whether it's through becoming an entrepreneur, commercializing biotechnology, or maybe doing all of it. Yes, <laughs> that's life is long. Yeah, life is long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're going to take a quick time out and pick back up in just a moment. Robots can do a lot of things, but did you know that there's one that can do all of your writing for you? I call it the writing robot, but the official name is Jarvis AI, and it can literally write entire books, blog posts, emails, Facebook ads, Facebook posts, any kind of social media posts, actually. Video scripts, product descriptions, tweets, the list goes on. And all you have to do is tell Jarvis AI what you want to write and then click a button and it starts generating sentences immediately. You'll be able to write more in one day than you could in a month. But the best part about it is it creates 99% original content, meaning that you'll never have to worry about someone else having the exact same copywriting as you. So anytime I'm trying to figure out what to say and how to say it, I open up Jarvis AI and I just let it go to work. And you can too. You'll never be stuck staring at a blank page again. I promise you. Can a robot write better than you? Well, at this point, I'd have to say yes. To test it out yourself, just go to tpmfocus.com forward slash Jarvis. And that's spelled J-A-R-V-I-S. That's tpmfocus.com forward slash Jarvis. So, I mean, you've already accomplished so much. And the thing is, like, your bachelor's degrees in bioengineering and biomedical engineering. And by mm -hmm. the way, she graduated cum laude, y'all. Okay. <laughs> this is this is a brilliant young woman that we're speaking to right now. And I'm just so proud to know her and have her on the show. You know, you have accomplished so much. But one of those things is like, as we, Erica and I always say, like, engineering, studying engineering just teaches you how to be a problem solver in every way. Mm -hmm. 
Like all day. Sometimes it's exhausting because you go, like, okay, I don't want to solve problems right now. <laughs> but, exactly. But but it's like, it's what you're trained to constantly do all the time. And there's no doubt that all of the things that you mentioned and possibilities, and you're going to learn about even more possibilities with the knowledge base you already have. You'll be like, wow. It's so interesting how when we go to college, we choose a degree, we're kind of boxed into like, oh, certain jobs that can mm-hmm. be done with that degree. And we have no idea the vast amount of opportunities in the world, you know, because mm-hmm. we're an increasingly global society that there is, you know, for use for our degree for maximum impact. The fact that you're 23 right now and life is long, all of those things you mentioned are all possibilities that you'll do at different points in your life. I'm just excited for you looking at you. I'm just like, you know what? You are an example of when I dream, I'll be like, wow, if I could do it all over again, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like, what are some things that I wish I knew? And mm-hmm. it's one of the foundations of Be Wise and why Erica does what she does and why you're going to make an incredible impact on the organization and within our society. But yeah, I, I look at you and I'm like, yep, all of those things I wish I knew, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I wish I yeah. knew. So right now you've just come on staff. You're just now, you know, coming up to speed and, you know, seeing some of the vision that that is for Be Wise. Is there anything in particular that you want to make sure you accomplish before you go to medical school? Yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned earlier how I am Be Wise is, of course, chief of staff, but also inaugural fellow. And one of the biggest things that I want to work on is to build out this fellowship to provide the opportunity that I'm getting with Erica Jefferson to other Black women, because quite frankly, the obstacles that we face and that I face, they're pervasive and they are systemic and institutionalized. And while on one hand, you know, I'm working to help change that, we cannot lose on Black women in STEM, namely Black women in medicine. And we can't afford to do that with the current state of healthcare, especially for, for Black women and for Black people in our country. So ultimately to build out this fellowship and, you know, specifically have an event that is able to connect people like me to women who are in medicine, in academic medicine, women who have found careers as entrepreneurs and outside of academic medicine, women who are in research, women who are in innovation, to show people like myself, hey, like here are all these women who have done it. Let us learn from their own experiences and try our best to not have those same experiences while we're navigating this system. I ultimately want to create this fellowship and create programming that helps promote wholeness in trainees so that when we enter into our programs, we know that okay, today's lab might be hard. Okay, this medical school class is like really hard. It's challenging, but we have this community of Black women who have been in our shoes to fall back on, to rely on. So that's like what I'm hoping to do. We have already begun to raise funds for this fellowship. And, Mm -hmm. you know, my goal will be to help raise more, more of those funds to support more fellows once I go to medical school and we are currently working on an event that can hopefully help us connect Black women leaders in this space together so that they can learn about each other, but then also so that people like me and my own peers can learn about them and learn from them. Because Black women in STEM have been doing it. 
since the 1800s, like even in the midst of all the uh, racism and oppression and misogyny that has, <laughs> you know, happened in our mm-hmm. society. And it's been so eye-opening for me when thinking about planning these events, like learning about these women, because even myself as a Black woman in, in engineering for, I guess, at least 10 years now, mm-hmm. I don't know all of these names. So just like knowing that like women have been able to accomplish these things is a really big thing that will be impactful for my generation and also for people like your daughter. So that's ultimately what my goal is as this inaugural fellow of BYs and as chief of staff. But also it's only been <laughs> three weeks. Yeah, so, yeah. And Erica and I, we were big thinkers. We like to yeah. solve problems. We like to be strategic. So mm-hmm. perhaps I'll have some more goals once we start the new year. But for now, this is my main goal. That's incredible. Yeah, my daughter wants to go to medical school as as well. So that's perfect. That that's the thing is like you are now who we used to be, like who me and Erica used to be, right? Mm-hmm. And so the engineering schools, the way the workplace is and mm-hmm. how it is the experience, you know, for for black women is you know, it, it, it needs some changes, but while we're getting there, we need to support each other on navigating it. Exactly. That's where we're at. Now, I, I can't glaze over this part. You mean to tell me you met Michelle Obama? <laughs> How was that? I can't that glaze was, over that. <laughs> it was such a wonderful event. I believe this United States of Women was the first one that she hosted. And it was so great to like hear from her and to just meet wonderful, wonderful like trailblazers in the, just in the world. It wasn't only just um, scientists and researchers and engineers, but just trailblazers in our society. And, you know, when I attended the United States of Women, I recently came back from another trip to DC that I took to actually attend the White House Science Fair where I was able to meet Michelle Obama's husband, <laughs> President Barack wow, Obama. Wow, that is also, incredible. And present my research in the Red Room in the White House. I'll never forget that because I remember wearing like a light pink suit and I just felt like I matched so well <laughs> the aesthetic <laughs> of the room. And I met some really cool people like Bill Nye, the science guy. I love Bill Nye. No, and also Adam Savage, yes. as well as the Obamas, of course. So yeah, it was just really great being in this space and being recognized for my research. And, and quite frankly, you know, I talk about the mentor that I received and like how everything kind of came full circle in that moment. But yeah, like I, of course, am an intelligent person. I have like this scientific potential and these moments represented the beauty of having people who can help me tap into that potential and not only like barely accomplish things, but like accomplish really, 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 really big things. That's like, right. Blow the well. roof off. That's right. So yeah, it was, it was, it was a great moment to be in the White House, especially like meeting and interfacing with Michelle Obama and of course Barack Obama and to just share my research more widely with, with people and ultimately be an inspiration for like other budding scientists, especially those who look like me. So. And you're doing a great job at that. And that is awesome. You deserve all of the love, respect and admiration that you are getting and recognition. 
And so you have already, you don't even realize that you have already dedicated your life and had an impact on the world Mm -hmm. already. Mm -hmm. So I just look forward to everything that you're going to accomplish. And of course, you know, if there's ever anything that I can do, Erica can do, right? So we're, we're down, we're down for the mission, right? And so I just want to let you know that. And, you know, we're a circle of support. We're getting older, right? So you guys, (laughs) you guys will be carrying that torch. So Augusta, I want to thank you so much for sharing your story with us today on the Unpolished MBA. And I want to just wish you the best in your future and in your goals and impacting the world. Thank you. Thank you so much, Monique. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Unpolished MBA podcast. To hear more episodes or to request to become a guest, please visit unpolishedmba.com.